0: Does the hanky pain does the hanky panky. Yeah, I saw her walking on down.
1: Lauren who's hosting some open mics while Pam is away and she does a great job and you should look for uh the happy hour and all that stand-up stuff that's on the same probably the same menu you got this from hopefully if not we're in big trouble there's some kind of hanky-panky going on that with money you could.
2: At the top of the hill and saw them federals around his still they busted the barrel in the boiler too and started drinking his mountain dew run johnny run the federal to get you run johnny run you better get away For the government making moonshine for the president, run, Johnny, run the federal to get you. Run, Johnny, run, you better get away. Johnny got rich at the government stills, and he ran off to his home in the hills. Now the Federals are on his tracks. He still owes a dollar on the whiskey tax. Run, Johnny, run. The Federals will get you. Run, Johnny, run. You better get away.
3: I jumped and hit right in the middle of that mud puddle and went Maybe you don't think that's very deep, but you don't know which end to hit it. No. Oh, I great land
4: on. Oh, and Landscape.
3: Then my wife hadn't been married long so she put up a millinery shop and I put up a barber shop. We was doing very well, but I didn't think we was doing well enough, so I opened up the First National Bank. 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 First National Bank.
0: First National Bank. First National Bank, First National Bank, First National Bank.
5: White hands, yellow and brown All together built this town Black hands, white hands, yellow and brown All together make the wheels go round I live in a city, yes I do I live in a city And laid the track I live in a city Yes I do I live in a city Yes I do I live in a city
0: Yeah.
1: for you but it's true
4: Don't make a sound,
6: no.
4: I have taught her like a scholar. She knows what to do when my love comes down.
3: taken out and set here and here and a big case put over it a hole in the case to clean out that hole this arm couldn't be put in the case but it's bound right there my God bless old John holding the district assembly about 150, hundred and fifty two the Nazarenes there they all got on the knees they claimed and everyone of them prayed at once and all prayed loud as loud as they could yell now notice while there's a praying, not a day later, not an hour later, but while there's a praying, there was a stream of liquid gold as big around his my thumb, come right down from heaven above this leg here, and went right down the leg to the door, and up here, and down on that side, and back down there, and disappeared. Praise the Lord, when that leg, brother, that leg was as easy as my knuckles, I know people say it couldn't have been that way. or well, it was my leg. Looks like I ought to know, don't it? When I got out of the great hospital, my room was so full of beautiful cut flowers. Had to take them out. They come there for weeks and weeks every day. They come in great quantities. Fine cut flowers. And Then, when I finally got able to leave there, I went to Pasadena. When I got them was full of cut flowers down to Pasadena hospital. Never ordered one dial, never picked. Don't know who done it. But after I got out of the hospital down here in Oklahoma, a young man told me that he was acquainted with a big oil man dial that one time had been converted in my meeting. He said he'd become a millionaire in the oil business. And he's taken up for the hot houses in Frisco when I die. And, you know, when I went down to furnish all that could be used in my room, he didn't tell me another man did. I don't know whether he did or not, but somebody (laughs) did. Well, glory be to God. Another thing mustn't forget, this arm was so bad in a few days. My arm was so badly broken, big surgeon come in to clean it out every morning. And it looked like it was going to rot off. And he'd have to clean out that big hole down around the broken bones every day. And it's so painful, brother, The groan didn't help me get. To say Ah! Oh! <laughs> that didn't help me. It's sick on earth. But I'd go to shouting and get better. I'd say, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God know when I went down to furnish all that could be used in my room he didn't tell me another man did I don't know whether he did or not but somebody did well glory be to God another thing I mustn't forget this arm was so bad in a few days my arm was so badly broken big surgeon come in to clean it out every morning and it looked like it was going to rot off and He'd have to clean out that big hole down around the broken bones every day. And it's so painful, brother, The groan didn't help me bit. You see? Mm! <laughs> that didn't help me sick on earth. Is I'll meet you in heaven. That is my cheek and left. That's the last time I've seen you. That's the, while the, That's the last time I've seen you. While the ambulance come, while the ambulance come, while the avalanche come, while the avalanche come, and we got in it, and we got in it, and we got in it.
7: Deeper and deeper to sleep with each breath that you take. That's it. Relax your body entirely. The more you stare at that spot, the more you breathe in and out. The more your eyes are getting heavier and heavier with each breath that you take. The more your leg muscles are getting so numb, so relaxed. And you are going deeper and deeper to sleep with each breath that you take. Way down eyes are getting heavier and heavier the more you breathe in and out. The more your eyes are getting heavier and heavier with each breath that you take. That's it. Let yourself go so relaxed. Deeper and deeper to sleep with each breath that you take. When I count from 1 to 10, your eyes will be getting heavier and heavier with each breath that you take. When I get to 10, I want you to close your eyes. Some of you will feel that your eyes are so heavy that you will feel it necessary to close your eyes before I get to 10. This is perfectly all right. Close your eyes whenever you feel your eyes are so heavy that you cannot keep them open. That's you breathe in and out, and the more you breathe in and out, the more you are going deeper and deeper to sleep with each breath. sleep way down when I count from one to ten. This will send you into a wonder that you cannot keep them open. That's it, breathe in and out, and the more you breathe in and out, the more you are going deeper and deeper to sleep with each breath that you take. Way down, deeper in, deeper to sleep, way down when I count from one to ten. This will send you into a wonderful... The more you breathe in and out, the more you are going deeper and deeper to sleep. With each breath that you take, way down. Two, every muscle in your body so numb, so relaxed. And you are going deeper and deeper to sleep, way down. Eyes are getting heavier and heavier. With each breath that you take, way down. Three, every muscle in your body so numb so relaxed, and you are going deeper and deeper to sleep, way down, four, eyes getting heavier and heavier with each breath that you take, way down, five, deeper, and deeper to sleep, way down, completely relaxed, leg muscles getting so numb, so relaxed, the more you breathe in and out, the more you are going deeper and deeper to sleep, way down, five, six, completely relaxed, deeper, And deeper to sleep with each breath that you take way down. Your eyes are getting heavier and heavier with each breath that you take way down. Seven, deeper. And deeper to sleep, the more you breathe in and out, the more you are going deeper and Deeper to sleep with each breath that you take way down. Eight, completely relaxed, way down, deeper. And deeper to sleep, that's it. Eyes getting heavier and heavier with each breath that you take. Way down nine. When I count to ten, close your eyes and you'll go into a wonderful deep sleep. Way down nine and ten. That's it. Close your eyes and go deeper and
0: deeper. That's what they say when we're together.
7: How many times have I told you not to disturb me at
2: the office? He does not too well, Mister.
8: My name's Gladys, uh, gonna try to be a little bit funny. God, it's so hard to remember how. Uh, I moved to a different city recently, and you know, when you do something like that, it can be so hard to meet new people. But boy, it's easy to meet old people. They're eager to talk. Just right write, write on the bus. That's how I met my grandpa, actually. Uh, during COVID, been up to a lot of writing, get a lot of writing done. I wrote a prequel to Jaws. No. It's called No Sharks Here, <laughs> Shark-Free Town. I wrote a prequel to The Exorcist called This Girl's Fine. <laughs> She's normal and shit. I was in line at the bank with my boyfriend. He pointed to some of the tellers. He said, hey, marry, fuck, kill. And I said, uh, yeah, that's the plan. So I come, I come from one of those big southern families in the south, uh, the deep south, let me tell you. One of those places where they think that, like, Sprite is good for you because it's clear. Uh, and they reuse the name Chris a lot in my family. We got, like, four Chrises. We got Little Chris. We got my cousin Big Chris. We have my brother, City Chris. And even though my brother is both taller than Big Chris and has a lower BMI than Little Chris, they call him City Chris because he got caught reading a book in a duck blind. And he never, never lived it down. Hey, a lot of people these days into polyamory. Uh, yeah. I don't know much about that life. Uh, I do know, from what I've observed, uh, if you're going to open up your relationship, if you're going to have, like, an open marriage, it seems like it's going to be a lot like opening up a good bottle of red wine. In that once you do it, once you open it, Uh, It's going to last about five days. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm joking. But seriously, they can be so sanctimonious about it. They really believe that it's like not just falling in love with a bunch of people. It's a better way to live. I feel like sometimes they're saying to me, uh, hey, you know, I can have my cake and I can eat it too. And they're also saying, you know, cake eating, it's one of the highest virtues. And I'm a little more enlightened than you because of all the cake that I ate. I also hear him saying to me, Hey, can I spend the night at your house? Because they are all mad at me. I, I can't go back to that apartment. I got the cake all over me. Now I need to take a shower. Uh, so I was at the library recently. I saw a sign for adult coloring time. You know about this? You know the coloring's not just for little kids and people that got hit really hard in the head, right? These days it's for adults to do, right out in the open. And this sign, this sign of the library, here's what it said verbatim. It said, adult coloring time, join us from 1 to 3 p.m. in the upstairs reading room, or just stop by for however long you like. And that last part really tripped me out, because like of all the things about adult coloring time, yeah, I know I can leave when I want to. <laughs> uh, this isn't the one where you lock the doors. This isn't the one where I have to keep going after my hand cramps up, yeah, I know. Basically, most signs have that little subtext after it that you you don't need, you know, like they don't need to put class meets three times a week or never, if that's what you want. Just don't show up. This is a fire exit or just stay in the fire, bro. It's your life burned to death in the hallway of this Ramada Inn.
9: Howdy folks, this is Finch bringing you another episode of Always Free Radio, the podcast and internet streaming radio show that is by, for, and about people that like to participate in rainbow gatherings. This show is brought to you on Mutiny Radio, and you can listen to it every week live on the internet on Tuesdays from 4 to 6 p.m. San Francisco time, that's Pacific time, on mutinyradio.fm. And if you missed the live show, you can also listen to it by downloading it as a podcast uh, by looking for the podcast called Always Free. That's A-L-L-W-A-Y-S-F-R-E-E, and it's all one word. You can look for it on wherever you get your podcasts, whatever your provider is. The, uh, the stand-up comedy that you just heard uh, was brought to you by Gladys uh, Emily Downing and it was performed at the Pennsylvania Prism Rainbow Gathering this last summer uh, in 2021. Um, Unfortunately Gladys tragically lost her life a week ago on Tuesday and The entire community is reeling from this loss. Um, She was an absolute titan, uh, a rainbow superstar. And she was also a stand-up comedian, so we are dedicating this episode to Gladys, and next part of the uh, show that you will hear is her full 30-minute stand-up act uh, at the same Pennsylvania Prism Rainbow Gathering. Uh, Gladys is survived by her twin babies, Gertrude and Elmer, who are going to be raised by their father now and hopefully with a little bit of help from all of us. Um, we also suffered another tragic loss this week, John Buffalo, uh, passed away on Monday, May the 2nd. And John was one of our most longtime and most dedicated family. He did Chantacena for decades and he he participated in every part of Rainbow and he will he will be missed very very much. Uh, finally after uh, after we listen to this next stand up set uh, there has been a flurry of rainbow-gathering-related news uh, in the media recently. Colorado has figured out that the 50th anniversary rainbow-gathering will be coming their way, and the newspapers are all trying to guess where it'll be, how many people are coming, what the impact will be, and all of us are watching and trying to see how many times the headline will say that we are descending on some mountain town or another. Uh so enjoy the current event and news download. But first, we hope you will enjoy a few laughs with our favorite rainbow stand-up comedian. We love you, Gladys. This episode's for you.
8: It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Oh, good evening. First of all, you guys, thank you so much for letting me practice. Oh my god. It's been like a year, so uh, don't, don't expect much. But, but this is a golden opportunity for me. And I'm so grateful. Um, also, I used up all my short jokes the other night. So let's, let's just get into it. Uh, my name's Gladys. I did move to New England for the wintertime. Uh, I know that's kind of unusual. I know a lot of people up here don't appreciate it. I hear, I hear them all the time. They fantasize about moving to Florida or Arizona or California, and they don't even know, I, I mean, I, I can tell what they're thinking. They're like, oh, I'm gonna wear flip-flops all the time. I can lick a metal pole all year round. Uh, I'm gonna wear a straw hat, like in the Jason Mraz videos. But man, it's it. that kind of thing can turn out with the darkness. Because, okay, basically when we don't share an objective reality that is the weather can kill you for half the year, hippies start thinking all the ideas in their head are right. It's terrifying. Just any idea that pops into their stupid little dreadlock head could be correct. You know, stuff like vaccines cause autism. I should wear a more whimsical hat. Uh, You know what I should do? Start Start a chapstick company with weed in it. That's what I should do with my entire life. Basically, I'm saying that you need the harsh winter time to press your hippies down. Man, you get out there it starts getting kind of spooky. I mean, up in Vermont, it's great. Even our rednecks, like, you know, your eighth generation Vermonter, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty good. A, they've been to another country. They've been to Canada. B, you know, they just got that out of the gene pool a long time ago. If you couldn't hang out at a party 300 years ago, you had to go outside and it's negative 30 and that's, that's the end of you. Yeah. You know, out West, somebody can't behave. They go outside, they're just outside right outside like right fogging up the windows right out there be like oh people don't know so much i'm just gonna walk out of this party and sleep underneath the manzanita tree (laughs) so i I moved to new england from the deep south um south it's it's been in the news lately for rising again and (laughs) you know we had a lot of problems out there growing up i mean i'll get into it you know crystal meth It, it ravages communities and People are always so down on meth heads, but you know, there's some upsides.
9: There's some (laughs) upsides. For
8: one thing, meth heads, man, they'll make you super nostalgic for crack heads. And how and how they just want more crack and you can predict all their actions based on that the thing with meth is oh man it makes you super crazy it costs almost nothing like you can do three days a week at burger king and pay for your meth habit so what you have what you have is a lot of crazy people walking around very quickly obviously a lot of time on their hands to work on their bespoke insanities it'll be stories like oh my, my neighbors stealing my spark plugs but you know it's so we can build a time machine so we can go back in time and break out of levine's nose and somehow that's going to end the designated hitter rule so <laughs> you know it's for a good cause i'm not mad or like you'll be in an alley and some dude will come up and you think he's gonna rob you or whatever but he just wants you to sign a contract he made about not taking your shoelaces for granted <laughs> so that's fine that's fun uh i had two kids recently or so they tell me. Uh, I know that shit's been hard because I didn't even have that thing in high school where they give you like a fake baby <laughs> that you can take care of. Did that happen to anybody's high school? Yeah. In real life, what, what kind of baby was it? it
6: was a sack of flour.
8: <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I thought because they had, I thought it was gonna be an egg like in Saved by the Bell because now they have the mechanic a sack of flour. That's not realistic at all. You can't. You can take a baby to a fish fry. Like, a sack of flour, watch out, man, weird. No, I mean, the whole point of that assignment is they wanted you to fail, right? They want you to have the baby, and you see how much it sucks to be a teen mom, and then you don't want to be a teen mom. But then, like, if you do pass the assignment, are you good to go? Are you good to be one now? Like, Like when Mothers Against Drunk Driving comes to your school fair, and they have those goggles you, you put see, on that makes you drunk and then you drive with them, but then if you do a good job driving, they give you a laminated card that says you're allowed to drive drunk now. (laughs)
6: Because you did it. Or
8: like when the dare officer comes to your school and he's got all those little samples of drugs in a plastic case, and then he lets you do some of the blow and you're you're so good at doing it. You're so good at doing it. You You say all the stuff that people in cocaine are supposed to say to each other. Like, like. Oh, your idea for a restaurant sounds incredible (laughs) I just I think it's important to be honest with children about where restaurants come from (laughs) I think you got to sit them down on the edge of the bed and look right in their eyes and just say when two men named Philip and Dana love themselves very very much they have a restaurant concept together
6: And that's where they come from.
8: Uh, people these days a lot of people these days they want comedians to be like more than comedians. They want them to be like you know preachers or motivational speakers. They want them to ask, you know ask the important questions in life so i'll I'll try. Can anybody name all the members of Limp Biscuit? Uh, any of them you guys you guys know at least one right. Yes. Right, it would be Fred Fred Durst. And then some people, I guess some people also know about the spooky spooky bass player. I'm not familiar with him.
9: Uh,
8: Did you know that wasn't a puppet? (laughs) That was a real dude. (laughs) Just wearing contact. But yeah, Fred Durst is the only one anybody ever knew. And that would be really good to be Fred Durst in the 90s. Because it's like, you know, you're getting the good restaurant tables. You're getting all the barred out groupies. Um... You would want to be him, not the drummer, because it's like nobody knows who the drummer is. But then if you go fast forward to today, you'd way rather be the drummer because you're getting those residual checks, but nobody knows you're in Limp Biscuit. <laughs> nobody but you. Not like Fred Durst, who has, who has $210 million. I looked that up. He's a rich man but he can't enjoy it because uh, he's trapped inside the body of Fred Durst. Like even if you rent out the entire go-kart pavilion, like there's still, you know, the two employees are still laughing because it's Fred Durst there. That's hilarious. He's, I'm, I'm just saying he lives in a prison made out of Fred Durst. And so you can't even enjoy the riches. Man, wasn't it crazy how Linkin Park made all those songs about dudes having emotions, but they had to use super tough action verbs? So they'd accept it. Like dudes are always, and people in the songs are like, they're crawling and falling and ripping and tearing. It's like, we get it. You're feeling stuff. You're feeling stuff. Okay. Uh, is it's, I feel it's pretty boring when white people talk about their heritage, right? When someone's trapped you in a conversation, they're telling you about how they're Scotch, German, Irish on their mom's side. And they're Dutch, Irish, Scotch on their dad's side and so on and so forth. I don't know, I don't think people, Caucasians should uh, get to have heritage like that. There's there's usually, I mean, Irish is definitely gonna be in there. The Irish are super proud of being Irish all the time. So many parades, but then I guess, you know, there was how they used to be like slaves and people considered them like less than human, like not even white, like a subspecies of human we should get back to that we should bring that was that was tight in my opinion Ugh, knock him down a a bit oh (laughs) oh i know you were slaves um man so people here listen to npr bet i bet you've heard stuff about like the call of the abyss have ever heard of of that phrase before it's a name for that feeling that you get when you're on like top of like like when you're on top of a building and you think about think about falling off, when you think about the worst possible thing that could happen. If you're driving and you think about jerking the wheel, not that you're gonna do it. You're not suicidal. You're just thinking about, you know, what would happen if I went down that route. I've I've been having a lot of conversational call of the abyss lately when I'm talking to folks. I just it's it's fucking with my enjoyment of life. Okay, the 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 real example like the real life example of this was i was hanging out with my friends the other day and uh there was a story on the news about some scientologists in turkey that were handing out pamphlets and uh they were charged with this with this old school crime over there called like inciting fear inciting fear on the street and since it was a story about scientology of course they have a picture of tom cruise up there just like a random red uh, red uh, red carpet picture of tom cruise doing that toothy tom cruise grin he does where he's like like that one, and I stood up and went over the TV and like pointed at his, his fucked up big front teeth and I was like, "Hey guys, more like incising fear, am I right?"
6: <laughs>
8: Which caused a mild titter. It's not a good joke. It caused a mild titter of laughter, but I couldn't even enjoy that little tiny moment of pleasure bringing other people laughter, because immediately I was thinking, "Man, you know what would make things really upsetting and awkward if you just said that again." If you just said the punchline again, more like incising fear, am I right? For a second time. But then that would probably, it'd probably work out because people would think you were just excited about your joke landing and were like saying it one more time. They'd give you a little, a little credit. But then man, if you said it a third time,
6: (laughs) you're like, hey guys.
8: More like incising fear, am I right? Ha ha ha. More like incising fear, am I right? More like incising fear, (laughs) am I right? That third time, like, people are gonna frown a little bit and furrow their brows and they're probably not gonna say anything. They might shoot each other a glance, But then, what if you said it a fourth time? What if you said it four times? Oh, fuck. Now, this is like the worst part of everyone's day. They feel so uncomfortable. They're fucking hating it. They're hating it. Oh, geez. They're like looking around. Man, and then you get into like five, six, seven, people are looking at the table, they might try to physically leave the room, it's like more like incising fear, right, more like incising fear. And then you go into like eight, nine, ten times, they have to look at you, because what if you stab them? They don't want to get stabbed. Oh. And then it's like, how many times can you say the same thing in a row before they like Call somebody before like they get a straight jacket for you and put it on you, or like just get on the phone about it. I mean, I, not out here though. Fuck, not right here. You could say something five hundred thousand times, and just be like, "Oh, that's more like incising fear marks." He's like that. We love him. He's great. Uh, okay, so here's here's a, here's the a thing that's hard to do in audiences of normal people. That be easier out here like stuff about traveling. It's hard to explain the lifestyle to people. It's hard to explain a lifestyle where it's like, I would spend a lot of time doing stuff in front of signs that were telling me exactly not to do that. Like the sign says, no soliciting, but I'm hardcore soliciting all day getting, getting that cash or sign that says, you know, dogs must be leashed. And my dog's never on a leash. I would never, come on, forget about it. Uh, and then, you know, eventually a security guard will come up to you and they'll like jerk their thumb back at the sign. You know tell you got to get out of here sometimes sometimes they would point to the sign and be like hey can't you read and when I had that opportunity I would always say no <laughs> and that would usually they just give me a weird look, but then sometimes, oh my god, sometimes they would be like, Why? <laughs> and then then you got a real sandbox to play in. That's so good. You can say You know, I'm always gonna say something I'm always gonna say something real, like something that's going on in someone's real life, like, oh, I was actually like in a cult until so I ran away at age twenty-one and they never taught us how to read and we didn't really go much past the third grade or whatever and can you help me get my documents like a social security card <laughs> or like ask them you know or like some frozen airplane waste it fell out and it hit me on the head and ever since then I can't read and and the hope is that he like goes home to his family that night and he tells them of this fantastical tale of this of this person that he met and their story and then they all think about people whose lives are different from theirs and might not have the same opportunities and they that you know have a better understanding, more empathy or there's also the possibility <laughs> That he says to me hey my sister's the only person who's been hit by frozen airplane poop in this hemisphere since 1974 and then now i learned something i'm the one that learned the lesson and i'd like that too man being out being out there sometimes you know you, you're you're out there for years and stuff sometimes the compass gets a little spun you You start wondering if you're doing the right thing. I would, I mean, I was having a great time out there, but just driving all over America, I'd wonder myself, is it right to be doing this? Should I be out here doing all these drugs, having depraved sex with strangers? Um, Is it the best use of my talents and time, limited though they may be? And when I was having one of these moments of, you know, sort of like existential crisis, um, I'm so glad that I got behind an edible arrangements truck because once I saw that truck and that papaya response uh, <clears throat> I knew that like I just remembered edible arraign- uh, e- edible arrangements and what it is <laughs> that there's like a whole building where where people have to show up to so they can cut up pineapples and put wooden dowels in them and that they're using fossil fuels to like, haul it all over america to like i guess people that work at the bank i don't know (laughs) who orders edible arrangements but like it's an entire company that people work for and you you know kind of harming the environment with their activities and i'm fine you know if that's going on i'm good i'm good to go i'm not i'm not the person that stuck a wooden dowel in a cookie and uh took that to the bank to get a loan about it everything i do is fine so you guys speaking of not being able to read you guys have you've, you've, you've probably heard of dyslexia before right yeah. So they they told me when i was little i had an opposite condition called hyperlexia and i don't know how true that is but i could definitely read before i could talk or before i was like you know like three and and uh can still read pretty fast and uh growing up you would think that would be a you know a boon that would get you ahead in life but also it didn't really come with like a expanded you know maturity or consciousness or intellectual ability i could just read the words really fast my parents wouldn't take me to the library they would just take me to like the grocery store where they would buy me every stephen king book uh in print and man When I was six, I read Cujo, because it had a doggy on the cover. (laughs) And you guys, in the book Cujo, a guy breaks into his girlfriend's apartment, smashes every single thing that she owns, ejaculates on her bedspread, and then leaves. And at the time, that was distressing to me, because, you know, I mean, first of all, I didn't want all my unicorn figurines smashed, but also the semen part. That was that was hard for me to deal with because like I knew Salem's Lot wasn't real and that like uh, you know Pet Cemetery was a made up story, but I I was already pretty aware that Seaman was hella real, like as a concept and around me all the time, and and I just I just didn't know is that is that how adults treated each other? Is this what dating was gonna be like? Is this what I have to get ready for? <laughs> But it didn't even matter because, like, now if I came home now and found a puddle of semen on my bedspread, y'all not even washing that for like four days. I'm just kicking it to the bottom of the bed. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, so, man, child actors. Why are why are we still why are we still having them? Like, I'm not the best parent, but I know more than to ever let that happen to my kid. What a bizarre ass life. It's the only profession too that we allow kids to do if they want to. It's not like anyone's like, "Oh, our son Mark, you know, Mur- Murphy just loves oil fracking, so so we did quit our jobs and moved to North Dakota just to just to give him a push. See if it works out for him. As long as he's enjoying it though." No, one, even if you're like, even if your first grader is a math whiz, no one's like, "Oh, you should pull him out of elementary school and make him a CPA." That that'd be good for him, and honestly, oil fracking would probably be safer for kids as a profession because like, acting's the only profession that requires you on a daily basis to put your kids in the car and drive them on purpose to a building that's full of like, you know, pedophiles and sycophants and like people that whiten their dogs' teeth and just the absolute scum of the earth, people that that are probably gonna fuck up your kids mentally and probably just plain fuck them. And I've heard that's bad for their development. (laughs) It's not good for them. Man, I can't even enjoy watching a movie that has a bunch of kids in it, like Stranger Things or something. I feel like I'm watching a snuff film of their childhood. I feel like I'm watching a movie, uh, you know, where the dog dies, but from back before it was illegal to kill animals on screen. Which was 1939. You guys know that before 1939, those horses are not okay. They didn't make it. It It wasn't good for them. Man, and then sometimes people will try to tell me, "Oh, some of the child actors turn out all right." What about Jodie Foster? Jodie Foster's okay, but you guys know Jodie Foster's like best friends with Mel Gibson. So is she okay? <laughs> is she okay? Uh, I got more, but I think I think I'm just gonna stop now. Why? No more. That's amazing. Why? Okay. Um, <laughs> what did I have? What I have written on the sheet of paper. Uh, poker Stories is one of... <laughs> poker
6: Story, story and testosterone. 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 Testosterone.
8: testosterone. 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 starts off with talking about NPR and like... Uh, I'm not sure, that might be like a little specialized. I don't know, it's just... I, it's a little cute for me lately. You guys listen to NPR often? Sometimes. I don't know, like, Stevenski <laughs> pretending not to know how to pronounce like rap, you know, words and rap lyrics on the bumper stuff and like... Oh man, Radio Lab, Fucking Lab. It's like, if you're telling a story that takes place in England, you don't have to play Hail Britannia for me to, like, <laughs> hold that idea in my head. It's fucking babyish. Um, but anyway, so I was listening to it one day because there's nothing else in the car. They were doing a story about testosterone. Like, people that had too much of it or too little of it, people that had, like, transitioned their gender or whatever and what that was like. And um, they were going down a list of, like, uh... Like fact uh, attributes to people that had like a lot of testosterone in their body, and I was hearing it. I was like, okay, yeah, maybe identify with some of that. It was stuff like square palms and like a deep voice. And one of them, literally, this is literally one of them, a wolfish grin. Mm? Uh, Another one of them was if you were in high school, voted most likely to Sarah Connor, which I was. No, that wasn't really one, that wasn't really one. but the last one uh, they told you about, which is completely real, was that levels of testosterone rise when you are uh, both working out, like in the middle of a really hard workout, or watching violence, even recorded violence, like people fighting. And when I heard that, I knew it was time to take my workouts to the next level by <laughs> watching videos of people beating the shit out of each other first. Yeah. And you guys, its it works so well. Oh my god. I would you. Util- Go to, go to any kind of fight porn site. It, you know, when you're like watching a video of a fight at 2 a.m. and you get embarrassingly hype about it, like you're
5: yeah, like UFC.
8: Yeah, sure, that too. But I mean, no, I want them to like mean it. I want someone to have <laughs> snatched somebody something and then now like an unholy fury is coming down. I watched them all high school fight videos. Like I didn't get into the Appalachian preschool MMA backyard <laughs> scene, but that exists. Uh-uh. That exists and it's out there and uh i'm so grateful but then it got me in trouble because uh back when i was living my car i would work out sometimes by sneaking into the fitness room of like a ramada inn or something uh you would just like fish a starbucks cup out of the garbage have sweatpants on and a messy bun and then now you know bust out a workout real quick before i go fly a sign and i'm in i'm in the ramada one time waiting for somebody with a card to come it through so he can get into the little tiny room with the foggy mirrors and the like one Nordic track and I'm listening to I'm, I'm watching the fights on my cell phone with headphones and then eventually this like elderly dude in basketball shorts uh, comes to use the gym which is great for me he stands up he swipes the card and as he goes in I duck in behind him really quick and as I do the door slams shut and catches my headphones and pulls them out of the phone. And then now all of a sudden, we're like in this tiny room together and there's just the sounds of like, get him, Jeremy, get him, Jeremy. <laughs> fuck him up, fuck him up. And he was like looking at me, kind of confused. I was just like, this is what music sounds like now? <laughs> this is what the kids listen to? <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay i don't want to talk about the myers-briggs personality index i don't want to talk about pedophiles um, i invented some new dog breeds i guess you know like i mean it just sucks that we have all these dogs that that are trained to do hyper specialized tasks that we took all their dogs away i mean we took all their uh, jobs away in the span of like 50 years i just don't think it's fair They're like quivering with excitement to do the thing they were trained to do. No, we don't let him do it. We got to start over. We got to start from scratch. Dogs for modern people to solve modern problems. You know, like a. A dog like a retriever, but they only retrieve cash and jewels. And also they can break into people's houses. That's a dog that I could use. Um, you know, dogs that are good for selfies, really glossy, stand in front of you, reflect the light. Um, dogs that like secrete antibiotics from their eyes, but every day they change a little bit to keep up with today's fast paced MRSA outbreaks. You know, I could make a dog that. If people call themselves their dog's mom, maybe you hit 40 and the dog's face will change to look like your face. So then you don't feel so bad about not completing the biological imperative. I don't know. Sometimes when I'm in public with my dog, she'll be asleep and she'll be twitching like dogs do when they dream. And, you know, making little noises and shit. And people are always like, oh, she must be chasing rabbits. Or, you know, stuff that dogs do during the day. But sometimes the dog tries to hump me, so it's like... You got to figure some of those dreams, some of those dreams, you're not stopping them like you're into it. Hmm. Of all the things that COVID took away from us in Burlington, Vermont, near where I live, the one thing I can't believe it didn't take away was the axe throwing bar. <laughs> somehow there's still a bar it survived the pandemic where you can go throw axes at the wall and it makes me so goddamn mad oh man i know i shouldn't get that worked up over it it's just oh <clears throat> because they're not chopping wood in there it's not surrounded by you're supposed to chop like you know 10,000 cords of wood first they're they're trafficking and working class signifiers i don't love that plus the fact that you just know if it came down to the cut, they're not, it, they're not even helping people do it. They're not even going to be able to do it. Like, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere, chopping wood for the apocalypse. They're in there twirling them around like majorettes. And if, in fact, the apocalypse did happen and there was, like, you know, a horde of people from Brooklyn cresting the hill coming to take over my house in Vermont, and you needed somebody, you needed one of these Burlingtonians to sink the tip of that axe into the forehead, of one of these fucks, they're they're gonna be like, oh, it's not a regulation X It needs to be tuned. Uh, so I guess I might as well. Sure, I'll I'll do the the hooker story last because I got to get back to those to the kids. They'll probably need me. But uh,
0: Large <laughs> go all, way out there. Go
8: so uh, before. <laughs> Uh, yeah, before this life, I used to have, like, a whole, a whole different one where I had, like, long hair and, uh, long nails and high heels and, oh, for the purposes of this story, I guess it is important, not just a a brag, to say, like, I used to be super hot. Before I lost, like, most of my teeth, which causes your face to sink in, I was, I was pretty attractive. Like, people used to say Angelina Jolie... But that's not true. That's that was way too hot. But absolutely, Jessica Alba hot. That's an objective fact. I was absolutely as hot as like Jessica Alba. So anyway, um, I also I'm tired of standing up now. So I had parlayed this into like a fairly. I went from Craigslist hooker to like tech bro hooker, which was you know fairly a fairly lucrative enterprise. And um, huh? Craigslist to what? Craigslist to Like a uh, you know like a I. Uh, i would say mostly tech bros is is who i was working for and so for the setting this story is i was in the car with one of these dudes one day and he was going off about my mom's declawed cat i mean you know like i've been seeing the dude a little bit and he just hated that my mom's cat uh, had been declawed i don't i don't i know we're not supposed to like it i don't have that much of a problem with it i mean it was still could climb trees the cat seemed happy enough Uh, otherwise it was going to go to an animal shelter in Memphis Tennessee which would have been death so it's like declawing or death which everyone you think is better but he was he was all up in arms about it he's like oh man don't you know it's just like cutting your knuckle off, your your finger off at the first knuckle that's that's their fingers in there and i was like well honestly i think cats would be able to make that decision i think if you offered a cat free room board medical care and food for the rest of their natural life They'd probably lose the first knuckle voluntarily. Yeah. I know I would. If somebody was offering me <coughs> free room, you know, food, medical care for the rest of my life, you can have the first, you know, little bone pieces. And he said, Do you want to put your money where your mouth is? And I said, What? And he said that there was places on the internet, not the world wide web, but the internet, where he could put an ad like that and maybe somebody would take me up on it and, uh, you know, decide to provide those things in exchange for, you know, safely, uh, in a medical setting, cutting the tips of my finger off. And I didn't have to think long about it before I said yes, because, come on, <laughs> the first knuckles in your finger? What the fuck? You can still dial a phone, pull a grenade, masturbate, <laughs> Vulcan salute. What else is there? Uh, Those four things? Come on, you're good. That's good. That's all you need to do. And so he put the ad on the internet, and uh, surprisingly quickly it got answered. If you had to guess a part of the world from which someone who would take me up on that offer would originate, what do you think? New Jersey! Uh, China? No, not, nobody there can afford the it. Someone answer
0: so I don't sound ignorant.
8: <laughs> what you would now call the UAE. They're definitely, they definitely grow some weird ones. United Arab
0: Emirates. Yeah, in
8: that, in that part of the world. Um,
0: Did they want your knuckles?
8: Yeah, they actually wanted a whole lifestyle thing. Like that was get, that was getting worked out. You know, am I going to like live at the house? Do I wear a collar? It was finally decided it was going to be just like, you know, I had my own oh, separate domicile. Oh, you domicile. wanted
0: to declaw you like a cat?
8: Yeah, no, that yeah, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't declaw cats. <laughs> that's not apparently that a lot of, of people don't I
8: mean my mom did I don't judge other people
0: this is a,
1: a comedy
8: uh, anywho. No, it's a conversation too It's a co- right cause I'm sitting down fuck ha ha that's why they make them stand up now I get it or else you're just talking or you're just talking oh gosh tradition, tradition don't fuck with it well United Arab Emirates
5: have a lot of money you know
8: Yes, yeah, yeah. Some uh some free stuff going on. But luckily before before that uh happened, uh some other shit went down and uh I basically ended up hitting the road because I was being, you know, pretty heavily surveilled by these dudes. But it was kind of a shame cuz I had already practiced, you know, doing a bunch of stuff that was going to be needed in my new cat lifestyle, like jumping up on the mantle and knocking a bunch of shit off. <laughs> shitting in a box of sand, much to the dismay of other people at the playground. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to sit down now.
9: Rainbows Return to Strawberry Lake for 50th Anniversary Unlikely, from the Grand Gazette, March 27th, 2022, by Marissa Lorenz. On March 3rd, a post made to a number of Grant County Facebook groups announced, warned, about 20,000 plus coming to a forest near you. Rumor has it it's happening in Grand Lake. The post was referencing the 2022 Rainbow Family Gathering, the 50th anniversary of an annual event first held at Strawberry Lake near Granby. For those who are unfamiliar with the Rainbow Family of Living Light, it grew out of various cultural and youth movements of the late 1960s and early 70s. Their annual world gatherings have become month-long events that center around a prayer and meditation circle for world peace, usually held on July 4th. Some have described the group as the largest non-organization of non-members in the world with no leaders and no organization. Others commonly refer to them as dirty hippies. And while Rainbow-created websites maintain that it is long-standing Rainbow family consensus that nobody has ever or ever will represent the Rainbow family, they often talk about such things as communal peace, love, and harmony on and with the planet Earth. That 1972 gathering was the Rainbow's first intentional large group gathering, drawing an estimated 20,000 to Grant County. A New York Times article from the period says that they came to meditate in the forest, to chant prayers together, talk over things, and play flutes and guitars and drums under the spruce and aspen trees. It also details how local government opposed the event. Then-Governor John Love swore to prevent the gathering. The state closed roads to the campground. It tried to ban food from the area. But eventually, it was the young people who decided the issue by hiking through the forest to get to the location after being stuck in the town of Granby, many without accommodation, for seven days of standoff. The article goes on to say that concerns of health epidemics were unfounded, that waste was buried in military-style trenches, and that there was little evidence of drug use outside of an occasional marijuana cigarette. One-time journalist and owner-editor of the Middle Park Times, Ed Quillen, later wrote about being at that first event as a young reporter. Two years after that, I was editing the Kremlin newspaper in Grand County, and I heard the local side of the story, Quillen wrote. The Strawberry Lake crowd hadn't caused that much real trouble, but any substantial population spike in a remote and unpopulated zone the county had only 5,000 people in those days, was burdensome and disruptive but those contemporary accounts conflict with local memory as recalled today. That March 3rd post has garnered over 100 comments on one Facebook page, with most expressing negative attitudes toward the Rainbow Gathering and a hope it will not come back to the area. They pay for nothing and leave feces everywhere, states one Facebook commenter. For all the world peace and sacred healing they spew, it is wildly overshadowed by a lot of destructive and dangerous behavior, says another. And yet another local laments, We have laws in the county code because of this nightmare. It's why we can't live in a camper on our own property. Few voices speak in defense of the event, though two individuals claim to know that the gathering will not return to the Granby area. And a longtime Rainbow who calls himself Muddy George recently echoed that unlikelihood. By phone, George, a Colorado native and self-described protector of our national forest, recounts his first gathering, the second in Colorado, held in 1992 in Paonia. I was concerned. I went with the intention of participating, but I also wanted to make sure a large gathering would be safe and environmentally friendly to Colorado. George says he has attended most annual gatherings since, serving in various capacities, including as part of the Vision Council that makes consensus-based decisions about